0: Welcome back to Sector 1, the first stop you should make for your motorsport fix. Today I'm joined with Lauren and Devon is finally back with us. I made Um, it. (laughs) And we're going to be talking about our experiences at live racetracks. Um, A few of us at Sector 1 have obviously been to races and we thought we'd discuss our experiences there and what we thought. So should we jump right in and talk about what races we've been to? So Devon, do you want to start?
1: Yeah, so when i was like really young um my stepdad took me and my stepbrother to the stock car racing just like a local track in scotland and we did that like most weeks i think it was like this kind of kind of saturday night entertainment we used to go to the stock car racing and we had like the big ear defenders who would bring like a flask of soup with us um we would like buy mini cans of like coke and fanta and sprite and stuff and that would be our kind of like Treat for the weekend. Um, and it was, yes, yeah, so I did that. And then Silverstone this year was my first proper Formula One Grand Prix. And obviously, within that, I was there for the whole weekend. So I saw Formula Two um, and W Series as well. So I watched all of that. Um, I went to practice in 2011 at Silverstone, but that was like my first
0: mm.
1: proper. F1 weekend which was which was pretty cool
0: yeah I would have thought you had been there loads since you're like yeah. best friends with all Mercedes guys
1: right there. <laughs> yeah no I've like kind of lived near Silverstone for like gosh over like 10 years now and we've been to a few quite a few events at Silverstone but I think my my parents have been to a f- couple of more Grand Prix than I have or like my stepdad went to the GP this year he goes to the GP some years um but yeah no I just not been before
2: <laughs> I didn't realize that I seriously thought you'd gone like all the time mm, So no, weird. <laughs> no I know
1: I feel like it's wasted opportunities because like it's well <laughs> I say it's so easy to get there like it's on Silverstone weekend all the traffic and everything is crazy um mm. the like dual carriageway that you come off of to get into Silverstone they make it like this weird one-way system. So you're like, to go home, you drive the wrong way down the dual carriageway. Like it's the strangest thing ever, just to keep like the traffic flowing, mm-hmm. and they they shut off all the um, like laybys and stuff. Like it it goes pretty crazy.
0: I remember you saying, "Oh, just ride bikes there." I to be honest, I would probably do that. I barely do any exercise, but I would do it for Silverstone just every yeah. year just try and say.
1: <laughs> that was a genuine like option for us because usually mercedes um do like a shuttle service for brackley residents to to and from silverstone but they weren't doing it this year mm-hmm. which we didn't realize we didn't book um parking tickets so it was all a bit of a last minute thing to try and find some parking but people who live in silverstone just like they'll rent out their driveways to people to to pay for parking yeah and they can make they charge quite a lot but not as much as actual Silverstone charges Mm -hmm. because like the parking at Silverstone is crazy expensive but um I think we parked in the the primary school and then all the money that they raised from these parking spaces they put to back into the school which I thought was quite quite mm. a nice idea but yeah people will like rent out their their driveways and stuff over the weekend and make a little bit of money mm. see F1's
0: good for everyone not <laughs> just <laughs> the fans and the drivers exactly mm. Lauren what about you
2: So I'm pretty similar to Devon in that sense is that when I was growing up in Northern Ireland we obviously have a lot of road races around here for motorbikes and I feel like I was at one of those nearly every weekend with my family. We have a lot of family friends that are racers or ex-racers and I feel like we just went so much to all these road races or even circuits and similar like that was our little Saturday treat or something we'd go and we'd get loads of sweets and we'd sit and watch um but again similarly this year was the first year that I've actually ever been to a GP so two weeks ago actually myself and Anna one of the other sector one members traveled out to Mizano in Italy and went and watched the GP there and it was just insane like I never thought races would be like that the crowds were just madness and maybe that was because of the event that it was um because it was obviously Valentino Rossi's last home race so people were a bit mad and it was a bit crazy but yeah that was the first time I've ever actually been to a proper full race weekend the Friday right through to the Sunday then. Mm
0: -hmm. It's weird uh growing up I know Devin, you said this as well. I've been to loads of stock car things. I feel like it, they're all like... So I went to Oval Tracks and things like that, and they do stock cars. They did, um, like, van bangers, where yeah. the aim is literally to crash into each other. Yeah. And I remember loving it. They did it on bank holidays and literally go there just to watch everyone crash into each other, which I feel like isn't the greatest <laughs> for, a, like, loving racing. I'm like, oh, and see even crash. But obviously, it was for fun. Um, Yeah, so I did that a bit. But I first... I feel like I'm a veteran of Silverstone. I don't even live there. I'm literally like three, four hours away. I went there when I was eight with my dad in like 2012. And I remember it was absolutely chucking it down the entire race weekend. And we got drenched, but it was so good. I had my massive, my massive the earphones on. Yeah. yeah. Because I think, so I went 2012 and 2013 with like, the last few years of actual really loud racing. And I had my little camera and I tried, I tried so hard to take pictures. I remember and I've got little like snippets of like Lewis and his car or like Schumacher and just like half of their car because obviously I couldn't take the picture quick enough. But I love that. And then I went in 2018, 19, and this year. Bit of a wow. sadder over here. I basically have no money. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's... go so much. <laughs> yeah. But the only times I've done full weekends were 2012 and 13. And in the last few years, I've just done race day. Um because we obviously tried to get a grandstand and then stay there for that but I'm kind of annoyed because when I was like eight or nine I didn't I feel like I didn't appreciate it that much As much, and now I'm like I really want to go and do like Wednesday to Sunday but that's like a lot of money. I would love
1: to do the full camping experience as well like Mm. obviously there's no point me camping being so close but like yeah I'd I'd love to do um, an abroad Grand Prix camping places like spa or Austria always look quite good for camping, so that's definitely on the bucket list. But no, I've not, I've not done that either. Mm, the thing just is, I think, you back,
0: you know? yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> camp at
1: home and cycling. Yeah,
0: I think Belgium's like, I've looked at Belgium before because I think it was the same price ish to fly to Belgium and then go to the race there. And obviously, it'll, it'll be great as long as it doesn't rain the whole race and there is yeah. actually a race. Then I'd love to go there. Um, but yeah, I feel like we've all had, because Lauren's already been to MotoGP. I've never seen MotoGP. Neither. Um, yeah. I feel like I would love to now. Lauren's got me into MotoGP a little bit. I can't actually, watch it on BT Sport, but I do watch the highlights for you, Lauren.
2: <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's how it's been for quite a few people in Sector One ever since I've come <laughs> on. I've been like, you should watch the MotoGP. It's amazing. I <laughs> actually, well, Alec was into it already, but I definitely sort of forced her into coming with me so that I could go to the race weekend (laughs) because no one else would go with me maybe I could drag my dad with me next time because he's he isn't in fairness Mm -hmm. he's been to quite a few races
0: I think that was my problem because I was the only person who liked F1 as well was my dad and obviously he doesn't really want to pay every year to go I think that's why we all sort of found each other I was like I need to find friends who love F1 and want to go with me and I can't just go talk because some of my friends do like and my college do like formula one but they're not willing to spend hundreds of pounds to go to the grand prix so it's a bit of a tricky question but um moving on another question we've got is what is the atmosphere like at the race because obviously you see it on tv and you see all the fans but it's sort of difficult to imagine obviously pre-covid and now it's sort of get back to normal what the atmosphere is like so what did you guys feel like it was was it what you imagined it to be
2: Well at the MotoGP GP two weeks ago now COVID restrictions I feel like their COVID restrictions are quite similar to Northern Ireland still is that you sort of still have to wear masks and stuff like that inside because we're slightly different than England I'm nearly sure Mm, Um, so it felt like being at home in that sense you still had to wear your masks and stuff like that moving to and from places but once we were actually at the circuit It was just like normal and Friday and Saturday it was really surprisingly like really really quiet actually. I could honestly count on my one hand the amount of people that were there on the Friday afternoon. There was about 10 of us in our stand and I'm like that's no exaggeration Mm. either. It was so quiet but I do think part of it is down to the weather. We got absolutely (laughs) drenched (laughs) on Friday, same on Saturday. There was quite a few more people in the crowd on, on Saturday but again, the weather is bad, which I feel like drove quite a lot of people away. People were like, well, we're not going to step out in the rain all afternoon, you know, for no reason. But then on the Sunday, it was crazy. And like nothing could have prepared me for the difference between Friday and Saturday to Sunday, because Sunday was just I don't even know how many people were there. I knew that 10,000 more tickets were released the week before the event. um, But yeah, our stand was full, like completely full, and it just was was like normal, and everyone was just going crazy. So in that sense, the atmosphere was unbelievable. Like I can't even describe it, but compared to Friday and Saturday, <laughs> yeah, mm. it's strange.
1: Yeah, I think it's difficult to like maybe or better to compare like between years, obviously. But Silverstone was the first big event that I went to this year after covid or like since covid was around and as you say to go in and like nobody there's like basically no restrictions it was kind of strange to start with but it did become quickly normal and it felt quite nice to you know just sit and sit close to people and chat with different people Um, it was like it was nice um but yeah I think it was Silverstone also was really hot um Mm yeah it was a very (laughs) sweaty weekend um but that when like when you were sat around waiting for things or like having to walk to get food and stuff it did feel a bit exhausting but actually once the cars are on track or once you started racing like you'd be happily like jumping up and you know shouting and Mm -hmm. everyone was going mad and it was only when you sat back down again I thought oh god it's a bit warm and I'm Mm -hmm. getting a bit sweaty um but I think it's very different to like the stock car racing because with the stock car racing, there was this thing. I don't know if you had the same thing, Maris, but after every race, all the kids would go down to the barrier and they would like basically harass these drivers into giving them their trophies. Like they were in these like little trophies and they would like, we'd all go down and be like banging on the, the big, like, metal fencing and being like oh can i have your trophy can i have your trophy and that was what like everybody did and obviously you wouldn't you can't exactly do that with formula one Mm. um (laughs) but it's 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 crazy yeah imagine everyone
0: under the podium
1: just being (laughs) like like, give me your trophy (laughs) but like yeah we me and my stepbrother got one trophy and that was like our greatest achievement ever and it's just like (laughs) it's it's funny to see the sort of different things like you would never see that in sort of bigger bigger motorsport um but yeah both of the I think there was just as much like excitement and support between the two categories but obviously on very different scales
2: Mm.
0: yeah I actually when we on your stock car thing Devon what they used to do is they used to have a safety car and the driver would get on the back and they'd like wave at everyone. So we'd all be like frantically jumping up and down, waving at the driver. That's what we used to do, which is weird because they sort of brought that back after the sprint race in Silverstone. Yeah. And that reminded me of the stock car thing we used to have where they would do like a lap of the track. Granted the lap of the track was about 30 seconds because it was like this small oval, but yeah, that's odd that that's sort of the same now. Um, I know you said between years it was sort of the same the atmosphere in a weird way because there were literally no Covid restrictions at all within the circuit it felt the same to me because back in 2018 it was exactly the same it was boiling hot I remember waiting on the pit straight and getting my left side absolutely burnt to a crisp I was trying to wait for Hamilton and I was just like squidged up against the railing and it was so hot that I was just getting so burnt but it's worth it. I would say it's worth it. I don't um, know. I think it's it's so nice in a weird way. I feel like sometimes it's hard to find other F1 fans in your community or you might know like two or three, but you so you go to somewhere like Silverstone and everyone loves it just as much as you and it's such a crazy thing. I remember so it was boiling hot, the red flag had just happened at Silverstone and everyone was like hiding underneath the grandstands because it was so hot. And every you moved somewhere and you just heard people talking about the incident or talking about their favourite driver. And it's crazy because you're like, this is my world. And not to sound like a cringe, but the way people talk about it is just crazy because you're like, I also feel like that. And same especially things, yeah. for me, being a Hamilton fan a fan at Silverstone and everyone else like loves him as well and they're cheering him on. And whenever I know, I don't know what it's like in MotoGP, but... Every time Hamilton comes past or Lando came past, everyone stands up, cheers, lap after lap, every single lap they do it, which it just it gives me such like pride. I don't know. It just makes me so happy that I don't know whether you can hear it on TV. I think you probably can a bit more now because of the cars, but I think that's what makes it is you feel like you're all in unity in a way. Although I don't think, when I was sat in the grandstand, I don't think the Max Verstappen family next to me were that happy because we were sat next to them and, and they were obviously not happy with the result. And I felt so bad because we were all cheering so loudly around them. I was like, I'm so sorry. Um,
2: yeah, that's what but, happened to ask.. and I. Um, you're saying that you don't know, obviously with Lewis and Lando went past being the British drivers. When Valentina Rossi went round that track, Every single time, everyone was up on their feet cheering. They had, like, the air horn things. People were lighting mm. flares. Like, it was so crazy. But, like, I'm, I am a Valentino Rossi fan, all well and good. But because um, Pecco Bagnaia is also Italian, they were che- cheering him on. And, obviously, he was about to win the race before he crashed out. And when he crashed out, everyone was really upset but then Annick and I were really happy because that meant that Fabio was winning the championship. So you can imagine two young girls cheering in a sea full of Italians that are really, really upset and did not go down very well. So we were like the the first Verstappen fans. We were, yeah, people did not like us there. It was quite funny. But in the sense that it did feel like you were surrounded by your people almost, like, we had this man sit beside us for the three days and we became like best friends with him we sat chatting to him every day and it was like well who do you like and what do you think about this situation and it was just so nice to talk to someone different about something that you're mm. so passionate about these people share your views and opinions on things it's just it's a breath of fresh air really
1: mm. it's so you know, lovely it's...
2: I feel like it's
1: yes yeah, very Devin. I was gonna just say like, pick up on the um <laughs> stuff about being British and the the British support even like I think when George got into Q3 everybody Mm. just went nuts or like every it was him and Lewis came past and there was just as much like support for for him as there was for Lewis and Lando and I think that was a big thing with the kind of collective support but also um there was just as much support for like Lewis as there was for Max in a way, because like, it's difficult because my dad would support Lewis and my mum supports Max. So, and I'm always somewhere oh. in the middle. So I was like, literally sat between the two of them. And I was like, right, can we not like, after he crashed out, my mom mm. literally cried. So I was like, oh, what do I do here? <laughs> um, but like when Lewis won, even if you maybe wanted Max to win or to, to beat him, I think I was so glad I got to see Lewis win at Silverstone. And I think mm-hmm. there was like a an appreciation for what we just saw and the sort of like history that's, that's being made. I would have been happy either way to see Max or Lewis just because, you know, how many people can say, well, I mean, I know it's won Silverstone quite a few times now, but like how many people can say that they saw Lewis win a home race I think that's mm. yeah you could tell everybody was kind of like in awe of it regardless of, of who you supported yeah
0: winning a home race honestly it must be so amazing because like basically everyone in the crowd is there for you most people are there for you and the I don't know whether they can hear I feel like the drivers said, oh we can't hear but I feel like they must be able to hear something. Something, yeah. Of people going mental. Um, but the thing is, I even though Lewis has won there so many times, I, had to, I only saw him win on my fourth time there. What happened was I went 2012 and thirteen. In 2013, he got on the podium and then got a puncture. I was literally, nine-year-old me was <laughs> devastated. I was like, I can't do this. And then I didn't go 14 to 17, and he won all of those. And then I went back in 2018, and he lost. And I was like, "It's me. I've cursed him. He
1: doesn't it win." Has to be. Well, that's because my... Kimmy turned him round. And I was like, "What are you doing?" My mom <laughs> has a similar thing because the two Grand Prix that she's been to, Max has crashed out on the first lap. Because they went to um, Monza in 2019, which I'm very jealous about. Um, mm. But yeah, she's never seen Max come past in a racing lap. I mean, we saw him in the sprint race. But like the both times that she's been to a Grand Prix, Max has crashed out on the first lap. And she's she like, What? He's my favorite driver above anyone. She's a massive Max fan. And she's not seen him have a single racing lap. Mm, that's so crazy. I think she's, she shares that sort of curse. I mean, your curse mm. has been broken. I know. Uh, so I,
0: honestly, it, it was so stressful. <laughs> Even in 2019, he wasn't leading. And then he led like because of a virtual safety car. And this year I was, we hit max stress levels in the race. Yeah. It's crazy because I feel like I'm so emotionally attached to Formula One and Lewis winning. I literally would go home crying when he didn't win or I'd literally be in tears. I was like, I'm so proud of him. Like, I don't know him. But being there and being part of the experience it's is such a it's big deal, I think.
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like okay. you're, in more. you're in the bubble yeah. you're there you, you're watching it on tv and you go oh I just want to be there and then when you're actually there mm. like you're so into I, it yeah
0: like, I get such bad FOMO if I'm not TV. there it's awful and next year because it's going to be George and Lewis I was like I'm gonna find a way to be at a race or at Silverstone because of those two because everyone will be going literally mental and I'm very excited about that yeah um We've sort of spoken about this, how is being tracked so like, different from just watching it on the TV? I feel like it's a completely different perspective because even though there are screens everywhere, you just see them in like this one little bit. So I feel like I sometimes lose track of the race. So there might be things happening and you have no idea or strategy or stuff. Do you guys find the same thing?
2: Yeah, definitely. When we were in Mazano. We had a very good seat where we were, but we were in sector four, which is like its own little bit of the track, basically. So we couldn't see anything else of the track apart from our section. Our section did end up being some of the most exciting. Like that's where Peko crashed out of the race. You know, it, it was very exciting, but I feel like it really cut us off from what was going on. But then the screens weren't big enough. So we couldn't actually see. I don't know if I'm just blind, but I couldn't see (laughs) then what was going on. So I'm sitting like trying to Google on my phone for like live updates. So I'm trying to take a picture of the screen so I can zoom in and see what's going on. So I felt really out of touch the whole weekend. I don't know if that's the same for you guys, but maybe it was just me. But Mm -hmm. I actually, in that sense, prefer watching it at home home. to keep up to date with everything. But nothing is ever going to beat seeing you know 20 bikes just come flying past you on the first lap or mm. you know there was battles going on the whole way through races and you know nothing's going to beat that but for information and keeping up to date I actually would prefer to watch a race at home definitely
1: yeah I guess you don't always get like the full picture of of yeah. the race mm. Um, I was having a think about this and obviously like we don't get any of the the graphics or the the commentary. If I mean, I know some people if you, you can pay for the commentary earpiece, yeah. but I didn't have enough signal to like watch the race and listen in and watch it at the same time. Yeah. I just didn't didn't have the mental capacity for that either. But I was doing the same thing with the um with the leaderboard. I had my my camera with me, and I'd have yeah. to like zoom in zoom because in? I couldn't yeah. see. Um, and obviously like. You see them coming past, and you obviously know, oh, he's ahead or he's ahead. But especially when it came to pit stops, it was really confusing. I was mm-hmm. sat at um at Vale, so I could see them coming into the pits, but then where that like dropped them down back into when they came out, I couldn't really keep track of. So I did keep having to <laughs> zoom into my um my leaderboard. But um the thing I would say is like you might not get to see. All the action, but you get to see all the cars. And that might sound like a really stupid thing to say. But when you watch it on TV, there'll be some races where, like, we just don't see any footage of, like, I don't know, say Alonso's had a really quiet race, or it tends to be like the Williams or the Hasses. And they actually have quite a few, like, little battles at the back. But because they're not really relevant, they don't get shown on TV. Whereas if you're sat in the right place at the right time, you might end up seeing something that. Doesn't get broadcast, or you'll see it as it happens before it then gets, you know, shown a replay or or whatever. So I guess, I guess it depends on the race and also where you're sat as to to what you're actually seeing. But you know, I would agree. It sometimes gets a bit confusing, especially as I said with like pit stops and Mm. and things like that.
0: Yeah, I completely forgot I was at I was sat at Stowe, and I could probably. Devon, your head was probably in a sea of people down at Vale front, that I could yeah. like, see. I remember texting you going, "You're down there, Devon," but I, I like couldn't see you because everyone was like completely packed in. Yeah,
1: it's because when I've been
0: before, we we sat at um, Vale and we literally got there at seven in the morning and didn't move apart from to like get food. All yeah, day they did the same just thing to get our spot. But it, it's still so fun. I remember being exhausted, but it's so worth it to sit there for that time. I also feel like the the cars feel different I'm like that's an f1 car in front of me yeah. and you see it and you're like it, I don't know how to explain it it's such a weird feeling to see it and you're like my, my favorite driver sat in that car or they're just there it, it's yeah. such a weird feeling it's like you're near a celebrity but not just for like a split second they go past you
2: I couldn't wrap my head it. I think that was the one thing that surprised me the most like I know I'm pretty much a die-hard fan but we came on Friday and we walked up the steps to our seat just as Modo 3, I think Free Practice 2 was starting. And Pedro Acosta came around on his bike, and I literally had like a fangirl moment. I was like, that's actually him. Like, he's actually there. Like, the whole weekend, I couldn't wrap my head around it, especially when riders were doing um like cool down laps and they'd come round and they'd wave. And I'd start waving back for some reason. It's not like they can see me <laughs> in a crowd with people. But, yeah, the actual reality that someone that you follow and you're a big fan of is actually sitting there and that is them going around. I think that's, yeah, that is a big mind-blowing thing. For me, anyway. It really...
1: really I had the same the same conversation with my mum. We were sat at... I think we were sat at Loughfield on the Friday... Um, which is quite a good I quite like seeing at Laffield it's a bit of a slower corner but you get to like get a good view of the cars as they come round and you know through the through the corners um, but no I remember saying to her I was like a load of them came past and I was like they're like Formula One drivers and like of course they are that's like why they're here that's why I'm here but like the little helmets that you see that's a person that's yeah. them you know driving that's what they do and I'm sat here watching it. Like it was, I did have that sort of crazy realisation. And yeah, every time I we went past, I'd be like, oh, that's just like Charles Leclerc. He's like sat in his car yeah. and he's right there. Like it's, it is, it's crazy, especially if it's like, you know, it was both of our kind of first proper experiences of that. It is a lot to to wrap your head around.
0: Mm. I think there's a lot of stuff in the race weekend that I, I might just be not paying attention but I didn't realise they did loads of formation laps. They come, they come in and they go back into the pits and they do a couple. I didn't realise they did that. And I was sat there and I'd like, you know, see Lando come past. And I saw him come past again. I was like, what's just what's happening? <laughs> because I feel like sometimes on the, on the TV when you watch it, there's some parts of the weekend that are a bit missed. Like they obviously aren't going to cover them doing all those formation laps. But you see them quite a lot. And I'm, like them coming out on the formation lap is probably about 20 minutes before they even start the race. But even that, everyone gets so excited because they're coming out for the first time on the Sunday, do a couple of laps. It's crazy. And
2: I feel like I was stupid for not knowing that. But No, I didn't know that either yeah. because MotoGP has their scheduled warm-up for all three classes in the morning, all well and good. And then, like you mentioned, about 20 minutes before the race starts, they all come out and do like a a siding lap and then they'll do their warm-up lap just before the race starts and I never knew they did that And maybe it's just because when you're watching the coverage they just show you when the grid is set up so you don't actually get to see that but yeah you know people went wild for watching all their favorite riders come past like 20 minutes before the race even started and everyone's getting really excited then I think that sort of Mm. adds to the excitement so maybe they should show it on tv and I'd get more excited Mm. 20 minutes before the race starts because you get to
0: see everyone. Mm. And I think all the people that end up being there, so I know at Silverstone a lot of celebrities sometimes mm. come, and they, you know Martin Brundle's doing the grid walk or whatever he does, and I'm sat there, I'm like, they're literally like a few hundred metres that way, and it creeps, I'm like watching the TV, and I'm like, they're right there. I could just yeah. walk around and go and see them. Or like when the drivers come out, Nico Rosberg always comes out. I'm proud to say I was on his Instagram story once, oh, and he did a little cool. like pan round. Of him on the on the fence, <laughs> but it's crazy. Carlos signs also threw his hat into the crowd. Unfortunately, I was surrounded by like loads of really tall men, mm-hmm. so I was not going to jump on my legs to try yeah. and get the cap.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. The, but when, it's just um, little surreal moments like that. When George and Lando like got off the the buses on the the driver parade, and they just like walked up to the fences and were like standing oh, on the yeah. fence. I was like a little bit further along than that. And I saw them like walk together and then get back in a car and like go off into the pits. And it's things like that, that sometimes don't get broadcast. And it's like kind of cool to say that you you saw that with your eyes instead of just like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, seeing some photos. Or another cool thing is like when you see the photos come out on social media and you're like, oh, I like saw that moment in real life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa! It's kind of a yeah, like a crazy thing
2: for that I as well. I find that big time mm-hmm. watching. I watched the race back when I got home on the Monday. I literally, first thing I did was like, right, I need to go watch the race and see what's going on. And every single time my section came up on screen, I'd be like, there, like I'm sitting there. You can't see me, mm-hmm. but to my dad, I forced him to sit beside me. And I was like, there I am, like I that's there, where I was yeah. sitting. And like when someone crashed, I'd be like, yeah we're sitting right there or yeah like that that's where I was or oh no that happened around the corner I didn't see that I definitely find myself weirdly picking out parts of the race or parts of the weekend that I never would have even thought of before because usually it's just know. like a blur of people that you don't yeah. even think yeah that they're real people sitting there like I was mm. one of them very weird
0: oh well, they pan round and I'm, I'm always hoping that they'll like rest on like my grandstand and I can wave yeah. frantically and try and make a scene but it's never it's not happened so far I'm still praying I'll go until it happens Uh,
1: I was I was very very close to to having a little cameo um there was a group of like kids sat a little bit in front of me and we saw a guy with a massive camera and he was just like walking through the through all the crowds and he like got these little kids on tv um and then also in one of the I don't know whether I think it was the notebook it must have been the notebook you know when they have like the bit at the beginning or like where they kind of recap what happened or they have like shots from the weekend it was like between segments on Sky F1 and they used the footage of the kids and I was like oh my god those are the kids that were sat in front of me and now they're mm. just like on my tv it was yeah it was pretty cool
0: mm. oh Devin, you should have photobombed or something yeah
1: out of my way mm. <laughs>
0: I think I have watched back highlights before and I like pause it where the grandstand is and I like zoom in trying to find my head or something. It's just a sea of like Mercedes caps or something. So it's really, it's like literally impossible to spot yourself. Um, But I think, have you guys ever been at a race and been somewhere, obviously Lauren, you said that big crash and being somewhere where action happens? Because I know people get really jealous and they're like, oh, I wish I was sat there, you know, with the Lewis and Max crash, people who were sat there and they see a big
2: yeah, they happen to me. That was that corner where Pekko ended up falling off, was like on the other side of the track, but we could still see it. Um, but his teammate Jack Miller had crashed there a few laps before on the Saturday in qualifying. Pretty much 90% of the crashes, I'm gonna say, happened in that sort of section. So then any time that another crash happened somewhere else, I just, it was completely oblivious to me because I was like, I don't even know where that is. Like something's happening and it'll show up on the screen and you sort of go, okay, so-and-so has crashed or there's been an incident, but it definitely sort of just went over my head. But I feel like sitting somewhere that had so much action just made the weekend not better, but it just, it added to it. Of course, mm-hmm. I don't want to see people crashing out, but I definitely think, Because maybe it was Pecco and he's Italian and he's crashing out of his home race made it more exciting. And you know, it was such a big thing and a big deal, and it had, you know, the championship was riding on it, then it made it so exciting for me. But I honestly think if I was sitting anywhere else, it still would have been just as exciting. I don't know Mm. if that even makes any sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. Uh, Because people always ask oh, where, where should we sit at this track? Do you know a yeah. place to sit? Because, you know, different things happen at different races. You know, one year there could be an incident in this corner and then it changes. So I saw in 2018 when um, Vettel ran into the back back of Max right by the pit mm-hmm. entry, I was sat at a stove. So we all saw that happen. And it's so funny because everyone just, like, gasps at the same time. Yeah. And they all have the same reaction. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think just seeing little moments like that—obviously not a massive crash—but you're like, I saw that. It's another one of those moments when you're like, I saw that actually happen, and then they replay it on all the highlights, and you see it from a different angle, and you're like, that's just yeah. crazy that you you've been there. But
1: all that,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, so to summarize all our experiences, we think we're going to talk about positives and negatives that we've sort of experienced from going to the track. So. Uh, Devin do you want to start off with some positives?
1: Yes yeah, so I think the big one we've spoken about is like the atmosphere and the collective support. Um, another thing is that like it puts the speed into perspective. Um, I was sat mm. at COPS for the sprint race and like just to see that corner people going flat out through that corner was was pretty insane and obviously I think some camera angles in when they broadcast it <clears throat> it like makes the cars look a lot slower than they do. Like there's sometimes I'm like, oh my God, why is he going so slowly? Like what's happened? But for some reason the camera angles just made it look a bit slow. Um and then we touched upon it earlier as well. Like you get to see what's not shown or things like in real time. Um but equally that can be a negative because obviously I was sat basically the other end, the other, the opposite end of the track from Cops, where Max and Lewis had their ba- their big accident. So I didn't, we were kind of all of it, we saw it on the screens. Um, but then things like the conversations between the stewards and like updates about penalties and all stuff like that, it's not quite as clear when you're when you're sat there. So we were mm-hmm. constantly like. Does Lewis have a penalty? What's happening with the red flag? How long is this going to take? Is Max okay? Like the commentary at Silverstone isn't like the normal commentary from like Sky F1. And I would say it's not quite as good as Sky F1. Um, And half the time you can't even hear it. So that is like the one thing that's the biggest negative I say. You're sometimes a bit in the dark about what's happened especially if you can't see it you're relying on like the screens and the commentary and if you're not sat in the right place you can't really see it as well or it's it's harder to follow
2: yeah I feel like I'm I'm sort of repeating what you've just said Devon and that the positive is obviously that you're there you're you're witnessing it like again with the speed I never knew that Moto3 bikes went so quick because like you say on the TV, it's like, why are they going so slow? Like, what are you doing? Or even, you know, a GP bike. It's just like, yeah, it really puts things into perspective for you. Like, you can see how hard they're pushing all the time. I think that really, really surprised me. Um, Thankfully for me, I was at a good part of the circuit that, although I said it was sort of cut off, we got a lot of time to see the riders. So I definitely think that that was a positive experience for me. Um and yeah just being there with people who are interested in the same sport as you was definitely a big one the amount of conversations I had with other people from all over the world was just incredible it's like oh yeah why are you here oh yeah who do you support it, that was just really really nice was, meeting new people was actually a really really positive experience so I would definitely recommend going and chatting to everyone you can basically obviously I heard an English accent and I'd be straight over to them being like where are you from like Mm. this is great (laughs) because everyone was speaking in Italian Um, another positive for me is that in the little town that we were staying at I actually got to meet some of the BT Sport uh, commentators. Now, I think that was probably just out of pure luck that we were staying in the same <laughs> place, but that was definitely a big plus for me. Is something that I'm very interested in is commentary and getting to speak to all these people. So just seeing them out and about and getting to speak to some of them was definitely a big plus for me. But on the negative side of things, definitely I have to agree with Devin. It's just, you miss out on a lot of stuff. And I don't think you actually realise how much you miss out on until you're maybe watching the race back or something happens and you don't get that initial update. You don't know if the rider's okay. You don't know what's happening. You don't know if people are getting penalties. It it almost caused me a bit of stress, actually, at the weekend when I was away because I was like, what is going going on? on. (laughs) You (laughs) know, it made me very, very confused. And, yeah, that would be the one thing. Maybe they could make the big tvs bigger if that's possible because that would definitely be one recommendation that I would have and maybe it's just because I was in Italy but the track commentary was all in Italian so even if I did hear the commentary I unfortunately (laughs) didn't understand it but maybe that's a me problem not not understanding Italian but yeah (laughs) definitely the negative side of things
0: I feel like another thing that's great about the track is you primarily go there To watch either MotoGP or Formula One or anything, but there's so many support races. You don't really have a lot of time where you you're just sort of bored, sat there. They always have. You've got all Formula Two on, and you know, Devon, you said they have W Series on Silverstone this year. There's always stuff going on, and they're good races, Mm. and you want to watch them. And they do other events you don't see. So they sometimes I've been where they've had Porsche races, or they've done. They do showing of old. So I know they've driven the old Mercedes car there. I think Damon drove his Williams at
1: Silverstone this year. Yeah, I saw that. That was cool.
0: Yeah, and it's just such an extra thing that you go there for F1, but you get a lot of other stuff as well that you obviously didn't think you would. But I think it's great that they still cater to the fans, that they get a wide range of things you're watching, not just that like two hours on a Sunday and then the little bits on Friday, Saturday. You get a lot for when and also, you're there.
1: all of the like fan zones as well like off the track there's so much that you can do I didn't mm. do too much of like the you could do like the pit stop practice and like reaction tests yeah. and stuff just because there was like massive queues and like because I'm such a fan of like F2 and, and W series I was like no I'd, I I need to make sure I'm there on time for that but like mm. they had the the McLaren Monaco livery car there they've obviously got all the shops mm. um the W Series HQ have like beanbags you can go and sit down on and I know like some of the drivers made some appearances um I was on Jamie Chadwick's story right in the background when I was (laughs) um stood waiting to see the the drivers come into the track I completely forgot to mention that yeah I saw like I saw Lewis Hamilton, George Russell, Sergio Perez, Lando and Daniel all like driving and it was like crazy as well because you mm-hmm. could see them actually as people instead of just helmets um but yeah all things like that I think all of those things maybe outweigh the the negatives like I would completely see my Silverson experience as like a one of the best weekends of my life like I know we've said it's annoying you don't sometimes get a bit lost in the race but all of these other things that you don't get from watching it at home I think definitely like outweigh
2: The negative of it. Yeah, it makes up for it. I think, I mean, you know, there's merch stands, there's food, there's all these little things. There's obviously, well, we had the Moto 3 and the Moto 2 races, which happen at every round of the Moto GP, but I'm just as invested in those races as I was the Moto GP as well. So for me, I was straight in my seat. I was like, I want to watch these races, and they were hyping them up as much as the main event. So you are getting all these things extra that, that definitely do outweigh the negatives that we've talked about. But the negatives that we've talked about, you can sort of overlook them because when you're in the moment, you actually don't even think about those things because you're like, oh, someone's crashed. Okay, well here's you know all the bikes coming around again and you're straight back on to watching it. So I know we've maybe talked about some bad things, but I definitely do think that the positives outweigh the negatives for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. I think getting there, especially with how expensive it is, mm. is a bit of a problem because I think they want loads of fans to be able to go there and you want to go and support your drivers, but it is a lot of money yeah. to get to the track and then obviously camp and everything. And when you go past a merch store, you can't not buy something. I feel like yeah. I just get pulled in and I'm like, oh, one thing won't hurt. Yeah. And then they decide to put up like a Senna stand or a Schumacher stand and you're like, well, I can't just not get something from there as the well. So I think I've spent my fair share of money on merch just at the races alone. Um, but I think it, it's, if it's something like you'd save up for for a once-in-a-lifetime experience, it is so worth it hmm. because sure. you get so much for it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah I don't think Definitely. anybody would look back and be like, oh, I regret spending that much money on that weekend. Like, yeah. it's I remember y- You do pay for the whole experience yeah. that's like you can't put A price on it I mean I know it comes with quite a high price but like Mm. (laughs) looking back and like the memories that you you make there I think yeah yeah, it's more than worth it I remember
2: Mm. paying for it at the time and being like okay I'm going and at the time I was like I've just spent so much money on this trip but now that I've been on it and maybe I'm still in the honeymoon phase of that (laughs) I'm only back two weeks from the from the trip I'm like I want to go again And it is 100% worth the money. I am even debating paying for better tickets the next time I go because I genuinely do think that it's so worth it as such. Because Mm. if you are a big fan, like, you get all these things and you get all these extras that we were talking about that even though it costs a lot of money, I feel like if you are in a place that you can afford to go, that you should definitely, definitely do it. Because like Devin said, you're not going to look back on it and go, oh I regret spending all that money to go like you're never gonna yeah. say that so it's definitely definitely worth it if you're ever thinking about going I would definitely recommend it yeah okay so I
0: think we're gonna end the podcast on a question which is what would be your dream track to go to and watch a race live it can be MotoGP or F1 or anything um Lauren do you want to start
2: okay I feel like I have I have two so one of them was Misano. that was a circuit that I always wanted to go to just because I am a Valentino Rossi fan I, I've made it now that's his home circuit I've been there I've done that I've watched the MotoGP race there but I would actually love to go to Monaco and watch the Formula One and I know that's probably <laughs> what everyone says you know go to go to Monaco watch the F1 but I just think that it's such a spectacle there. And now that I'm becoming more of an F1 fan, I feel like the history and all behind Monaco, I just think if I ever, ever got the opportunity, that it would definitely be the one that I would jump at for sure. I have a funny story kind of related to that. So the
1: other day, I was, well, some of you will know, I was in Italy for a month, which is why I've not really been on the podcast this past month. But I flew back um, a few days ago and I was just like looking out the window and I, uh, no word of a lie, I looked down and I was like, I think that's Monaco. And I just, you know, was looking along the coast and I just, something was like, I really recognised this place. I think that's Monaco. And I like took a photo and then like when I got home, I was like comparing the aerial shots between photo that I took and like things that people posted online I was like that is Monaco I could see the swimming pool and I think that's like when you know like oh you must be a bit of Formula One fan or like how iconic Mm. Monaco is (laughs) that I can spot it from an aeroplane like 20,000 feet in the air I think that's that's kind of crazy and I think that's testament to like how iconic Monaco is
2: I seen that photo mm-hmm. and I laughed
0: at it because you were like, yeah. oh my God, Monaco. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was very funny. I feel like I, I think now you've said that Lauren about Monaco, I'm like, actually, I would quite like to go to Monaco. Mm-hmm. We'll get we'll get in touch with someone and fund it through yeah. Yeah. someone and get them trip. to send sector on there. Yeah. Um, I was going to say somewhere like Nurburgring or spa just for like, the, one of the old old tracks or like example from the good. banks yeah. or something like that where they've had so much history and it's one of those tracks where they raced it 70s 80s or anything yeah. and it's sort of like a massive in the country track I don't know what it is about it but I quite like to go to one of those I
2: think so I think everyone's gonna say Monaco maybe that's mm. like the cop <laughs> answer but <laughs> I, I think yeah. just with the history behind it and the glamour and the glitz and just they make it such mm. a spectacle like if you if I think F1 I think of Monaco I don't know mm. yeah yeah I think, Gavin, you going with Monaco
1: I'm actually not going to go with Monaco I'm gonna I would love to go to Singapore Singapore is mm. somewhere that I really want to travel to anyways and I've really really missed the Singapore Grand Prix like I don't know they're just some of the most fun to like watch back um and mm. like the lights and the the photos that come from Singapore look incredible um so Singapore or Baku I think Baku is my favorite street Baku. circuit and I just mm. feel like that would be if you were like sat in a like a really tight part of the track I feel like that would be such like a cool thing to watch and see how tight it is and put it into perspective a bit more Hmm. um but then also i said earlier about camping in austria so i don't think i have one
2: i want to go to all of them yeah Yeah, that's essentially
1: we'll just go
0: to everyone everywhere
1: (laughs) another thing (laughs) i want to do i don't know if i'd want to do it as like a spectator but i would love to like work for a 24 hour race like yeah. Le Mans or mm. or something like that I'd love to like challenge myself and do the whole 24 hours and like be part of a team that has to like be together and work together for that long I think that would be really cool but I, I don't mm. think I could just watch that I feel like you'd get a bit yeah a bit repetitive <laughs> for mm. 24 hours I would hours. definitely fall asleep yeah
0: the, the main th- I would definitely be asleep asleep for like the main like overtake yeah. Or something. <laughs> oh, anyway. Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Um, make sure to follow us on all our socials at Sector One Podcast and subscribe to our channel. Um, so we will see you later.
2: Bye. Bye. <laughs>